and welcome to the Fempower You podcast, where we discuss topics that help empower women personally, professionally, and financially. I'm your host, Sibongile Ngako, and for today's episode, I am super, so excited to be joined by Nancy Picard. And let me tell you a bit about Nancy. Nancy is a certified master integrative life coach with a myriad of coaching certifications, specializing in shadow work, boundaries, and reinvention. She's the author of the international best-selling book, Bigger, Better, Braver, Conquer Your Fears, Embrace Your Courage, Transform Your Life. Coaching others to step out of fear and into bigger versions of themselves is her passion. So let's welcome Nancy, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Welcome. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Me too. <laughs> so let's dive right in. How is it in your work, how do you help women who are stuck and who are playing small in their lives? And I might add to that, what does it mean to you? How does that manifest to play small, for a woman to play small in her life? So that's a great question, number one. But People play small because they don't, they're not aware of the limiting beliefs that mm -hmm. are in their subconscious that are keeping them stuck. So they say they want X, but what they're experiencing is Y over mm -hmm. and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Or they think that's for other people, it's not for them, or they're, you know, they're not brave enough. These are all disempowering beliefs, but we have beliefs from our childhood that we're not aware of, that were made to keep us safe, and they did. That's you right. know, um, I need to stay silent to be safe. I need to please everyone to be loved. I need to be perfect to be loved. All kinds of I'm unworthy. My voice doesn't matter. We have all these beliefs that are buried inside. There's a reason for all of them. They were all meant to keep us safe. But as adults, they keep us small. So let's say you want to raise, but you don't believe you're worthy then you do everything in your power that sabotages you getting that raise because your mind wants to be right. It's called cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. Your brain wants what it knows. So if it thinks you're unworthy, it's going to bring people and situations into your life to prove that. If you don't believe your voice matters, you're going to bring people and situations into your life to prove that. So when you uncover those beliefs, which is what I do, I'm a shadow coach. When you uncover those beliefs, first of all, you get this big, like, oh my God, I can't believe that's been there because that makes so much sense. I can see how that plays out. Right. You get to give yourself a new empowering belief that now is in alignment with that vision and goal you have for yourself. So you can step outside your comfort zone you can let go of your fears and you can make changes that you have always wanted to make and you haven't understood why you couldn't make them. There's so much I love about what you just said. <laughs> so let me just drill down on a couple things. One, and it's, it's one of the last things you said, but this idea that it's one thing to try to get away from toxicity or negativity or things that are holding you back, but you have to replace it with something which yeah. is empowering beliefs and, and, and empowering yourself. Um, so often we get stuck in situations and we know we want to get out, but we don't know how. And I wonder if part of the challenge there is we're not realizing that we have to replace it with something. Replace with it something with something empowering. Exactly. Yeah. Something empowering with something positive. But I'll say, just speaking from personal experience, it was such a revelation when I realized that these self-saboteurs um, 
are things that served me well at one point in right. my life, right? So you right. Know, when I was in childhood, maybe even in early adulthood, but at some point, these things actually served me well. And so it was a huge aha moment realizing they took you to a certain place, but for you to live your full potential and to stop living small, you have to shed yourselves of the way in which those things that once helped you are, are holding you back. And I think that's the connection that for me was was so enlightening and I think would, would benefit a lot of women out there. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It's not about making those beliefs wrong because they served you. And so when we uncover them in my work, I let you see, you know, I help you see what were the gifts? How did they keep you safe? How did they protect, protect you? Yes. And then what have they cost you? And what are they still costing you? And once you learn that and you give yourself a new empowering belief, I, I, I'd love to say, and then, you know, like magic, it's done, but it's <laughs> not. It's not a one and done. Those beliefs pop back up, but you're now aware of them. Mm -hmm. And so you catch yourself and you get to say, oh, wait, you know, that's a thought. That's an old, outdated thought. I'm not my thoughts. I don't need that thought anymore. And with sticky notes and affirmations and all kinds of things that I can help you do, I can help you take those affirmations and like change the neural pathways in your brain so you now own them. That's what you want. You want that new empowering belief to take first place. That's right. I mean, it's so interesting because you know, I'm in financial services and uh, basically what you need to do is a cost benefit analysis right. <laughs> of those beliefs right. and say, okay, yeah. they've given me this, but what have they taken away? Yes. And reconcile the two and yeah. see something that, that still yeah. benefits you to continue. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, in money, with money, we all have money beliefs. We come yeah. into this world in families and those families all have their own beliefs around money mm -hmm. and those money beliefs either keep us small or move us forward. And we have to uncover those money beliefs so that we are free to, you know, own our self-worth and make our self net worth be as big as it can be, you know, mm -hmm. as big as we want it to be. That's right. Yeah. And it, it goes across money. It goes across profession, I, I imagine. And, and my, my friend, she's uh, <laughs> responding to the doorbell, so apologies for the noise. <laughs> but it goes across uh, profession. It goes across money. It goes across finance. I imagine it goes across relationships. Mm -hmm. um, Everything. Into, yeah, but it, it's kind of overarching, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, are we worthy of, for time, energy, mm -hmm. happiness, joy, money? relationships. If we're not worthy, then we believe there isn't enough. We are not enough. There will never be enough of any of those things. That's right. And that's such a disempowering way to live your life. And so much of it hinges on mindset, right? It's, it's not that anything, I mean, a lot of times we're in a bad job, we're in a bad relationship, we're in a toxic situation. And we think, how do we get out of the situation, right? We look externally um, instead mm -hmm. of really looking internally to see what are those belief systems that caused us to be there in the first place and will have us continuing to live out that same pattern until we uh, address what's at the core of it, which is us. Exactly. It's an yeah. inside job. Yeah, that's right. Inside job. <laughs> so let's move on to another area of empowerment, which is this idea of boundaries. 
what are healthy boundaries and how do you help women in your work to set those healthy boundaries and maintain them? So I love the conversation around boundaries. Everyone's a little bit like, ooh, boundaries. I don't know. You know, <laughs> if I set boundaries, people will leave me. They won't love me. Um, my needs won't get met. And yes. boundaries are really the delineation between where you end and somebody else begins mm-hmm. and what you will and will not tolerate and what's acceptable and not acceptable. And that starts with you. So what is no longer acceptable in you? What will you no longer tolerate? You know, are you going to stop tolerating not living big? Are you going to stop tolerating not taking care of how you eat or when you go to sleep or how much you exercise or how much you'll overwork and your whole balance? Boundaries starts with you and it's about setting healthy boundaries with you. What is the most self-honoring thing you can do every day for you? Mm -hmm. And once you get those boundaries set, then you get to move out and see, all right, where do I need boundaries in my life, in my professional life, in my work life, in my my romantic life, in my family life? And if you have any kind of guilt or any kind of anger or sadness or... um, discouragement, if you overwhelm, those are all red signals that you have boundaries that are being crossed. And so look to see what's making you angry, what's making you sad, where are your needs not being met? And then the most important thing about boundaries is that if you don't state what your needs are, you can't expect anybody else to do so. So if your needs are not being met, you may not even know what those needs are. And even if you do, you don't express them. So setting healthy boundaries starts with saying what you want with ease and grace and flow. So you make it about you and not the other person. I feel X when you do Y. Now I've made it about me. I'm not even saying you're doing something wrong. I'm just saying, I feel disrespected. I feel angry. I feel sad. When you do X, would you be willing to do Z? Just like that. So I feel disrespected when you talk over me in a Zoom session. Would you be willing to wait till I'm done speaking? I feel disrespected when you leave the dishes in the sink. Would you be willing to just put them in the dishwasher? Seems like a simple request, right? So people, when I work with people, I do like a whole 12 series on just boundaries. And they're so afraid that people won't love them anymore or that people are going to get angry. And number one, it almost never happens because people... When you state what you need in a really well thought out way, people want to please you. They don't even know you needed those things because you never made your own needs a priority. That's right. And if you are feeling overwhelmed and depleted, it's pretty likely that you are saying yes when your inside is saying no, no, no. And so that's setting the boundary. I will no longer say yes 
unless it's like a yes, yeah, you know, a hell yes, right? <laughs> if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Mm-hmm. And the no is supporting you. And you can even say, I'm saying yes to you, but I'm saying no to going to that. Or I'm saying no to doing the thing you're asking me to. I wish, you know, I'm just not available to do that at this time. Right. That's so interesting. I mean, there is something about how you described boundaries as being, you know, where you begin and another person ends or vice versa that gave me the literal image of someone encroaching on my territory, where my territory is my mm-hmm. kind of physical, mental, emotional well-being. Um, right. so great Im- imagery. But what's also interesting to me is how much of it, again, comes down to worth, to empowerment, to, to feeling worthy enough to make these um, requests of people in our lives, whether personal or professional, um, and feeling empowered to express um, what, uh, what when when there's encroachment, let's call it, on our boundaries. Um, and so much of it, again, comes to identifying what those boundaries are. Sometimes you, you know that you're sad, you know that you're depressed, you know that you're frustrated, you're angry, um, but really pinpointing to what is the breakdown that's happening? What are the boundaries that are being breached that are causing us to feel that way? Um, gives us the vocabulary and gives us the awareness to then express it to other people in our lives. I agree with that. And also we have to learn as women that selfish is not a bad word. That's right. And selfless is not a good word. They're on the same continuum and Mm -hmm. you have to get into the middle there and you have to learn to make yourself a priority. It's like putting on your own oxygen mask. (laughs) When you're taken care of, you're going to have something left over. You're going to have a lot left over to take care of other people. But if you don't put on that oxygen mask, there is no you. That's right. So selfless is list. No you. You disappear. That's right. So I don't advocate for everyone to go out and become these selfish, you know, women. (laughs) But you definitely have to start to learn to put yourself first and make yourself a priority. And when you do that, the way you feel about yourself, when you ask for what you need, the way you feel about yourself is more important than what what happens. That's the most important part mm-hmm. because that's you saying, I am worthy of asking for what I need. And it's interesting because if, if, if women are really intent on being selfless, I'll say something that helped me was to think of self-care as something I'm doing to put myself in the best position to take care of other people. Kind of exactly. like the chin mask analogy, which is mm-hmm. if I am depleted emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, then I am compromised. I am not able to take care of my family, my friends, my, my team, anybody, my, anybody um, adequately. So what, what helped flip the switch in my mind, and of course it's an ongoing journey and evolution. Right. The first thing that flipped the switch was when I realized taking care of myself puts me in the best position to do all the things I want to do, to accomplish all the things I want to accomplish and to take care of the people um, that mean the most to me. And I think that kind of helped me sell it to myself, if you will. And it's, it's really empowering. Yeah, that's right. So self-care equals self-love. That's right. And it's about honoring 
your own needs. And then instead of doing things for people out of obligation, mm. you're doing them because you actually, you're filled, you're full, and you've got what's left over now to take care of other people. You, you give it willingly. And when you say yes to only the things that you want to say yes to, you're not doing it mm. with, you know, a bad feeling about it. You feel really like, yes, I want to do this for you. So probably most of the things you'll still be doing, but you're doing them from a centered, empowered position. It's very different. Yes. And it feels completely different, right? You, you may even be doing the same things, but doing it from a place of empowerment and will and, and choice where yes. you're choosing to do something can feel completely different than feeling obligated or feeling, feeling forced right. to do the same thing. I mean, that, that, that's the wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I think boundaries remove you from being the victim of your story. Mm, nice. Nice. Beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so speaking of victim, let's mm. talk about fear. Okay. So because fear is, it, it's just, it continues to amaze me. Sometimes the things we wrestle with, the, the, the adversaries we think we have are really created by our own fear um, and, and more in our heads and our hearts than anywhere else. But how can women use fear as a way to motivate themselves to change and as a source for change? Great question. Again, <laughs> one of the things that actually makes me sad is how fearful women can be. Uh -huh and how small it makes them play. Yeah. And I think that those same people believe that other people are operating from a fearless state. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you that nobody lives in a fearless state. Nobody at all. That's right. For me personally, I have learned that anything I'm afraid to do is a signal that I must do it. Mm -hmm. And that my growth is on the other side. So I can use fear as like energy. Like, oh, I know that even if my imposter syndrome is telling me, oh, you're not big enough to do that, or that's for other people, or you don't know enough, or, you know, there are more important coaches than you out there trying to do that. I say to myself, the moment I step in and do that thing I'm afraid to do, I will be that person. That's right. And so I, it's a motivating force for me. And I don't ever wait to be fearless to do something or I'd be sitting on the couch for the rest of my life. We all know? will. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I, I heard once the saying that, um, let's see, the slowest, the last person in a race still beats the guy on the couch. Mm. So <laughs> I love that the juice is in the journey. It's not in the outcome because if you fall, you're falling forward. You're going to be proud of yourself for getting off the couch and stepping out of your comfort zone. And my advice is to take very small steps out one gingerly step at a time, be successful, stay in alignment with what you say you want to do so that you learn to trust your voice and trust your you know, build up your self-confidence as you go along and take fear by the hand. Like mm -hmm. I believe that everything happens for the evolution of your soul. So when you step forward, if you win or you lose, 
they're stepping stones to success. There's something to be gained in everything you do. So if you don't make it, you know, think of rejection as protection. Maybe it wasn't your time. Maybe that wasn't your person. You know, maybe there's obviously something coming down that's better for you. Because if it wasn't, if this was the best thing, it would have happened. So um, I think that fear, I think just knowing if you could really trust and believe that people who are successful have just as many fears, you just don't think they do. Yes. And that's huge because how many times do we look at a counterpart, a colleague, a mentor, you know, fill in the blank, and we think, wow, she's amazing. She's, she's fearless. <laughs> How many times have we said that? Right. Other people who are, have just become adept at building that muscle of conquering their fears and holding hands, hands with their fears, as opposed to, to shying away from them. Um, exactly. We've all said that in our heads, um, thinking that we are the only ones who are afraid, but really to your point, everyone is. Everyone's afraid. Everyone. And the only difference between successful people and non-successful people are successful people don't quit. That's right. They just do it until they are successful. That's right. They So they, they sort of have like just more stamina. Yeah. More skin in the game. They're willing to, to fail over and over and over and over again until they get where they want to go. Yeah. Now I'm going to paraphrase this quote, but I remember seeing something that's to the effect of, your bravery is moving ahead, being afraid of something and doing it anyway, right? Exactly. It's not, it's not, yeah. not being afraid. Those folks who are successful or those folks who manage to make an impact on the world, it's not that they weren't afraid. It's that they were terribly afraid. Right. They acknowledged it to themselves and they moved on anyway. Mm -hmm. They pressed on. Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's right. That's right. Correct. Um, so this idea of unconscious commitments. Tell me what those are and then how do they keep us from living the life uh, that we want to live, that we dream of living, whether it's because of fear or something else. So unconscious commitments, sometimes referred to as underlying commitments, are the commitments in your subconscious that were formed many times, maybe even most times when that belief was, was formed. So like I had a belief that I wasn't safe alone. Mm -hmm. So my underlying commitment to myself, the promise, the strategy that I will use is I will never be alone. If the belief is that um, I'm stupid and I'll stay quiet so no one will know, my underlying commitment is to never speak up in class, to never give my opinion. That's how it protects me. Then I get into the corporate world and I never speak up and I never give my opinion and that's what it costs me. Yeah. So if you want to figure out what you're more committed to than the thing you say you're committed to. So for example, I say I want to lose 20 pounds, but what I'm experiencing is having a cookie every night. You're more committed to self-gratification than you are to losing the weight. You think you want to lose the weight, but you're really more committed to self-gratification. Or you may have the belief that um, I will always be hungry. Something could have happened in your childhood. I know a lot of clients who have the belief I will always be hungry. Their underlying commitment is I will never go hungry. Mm -hmm. 
250 pounds later, they're still feeding that belief. Right. And so how do you help clients to break those commitments? And I love this idea of it being a commitment because again, it's a choice. It's something that you're choosing over and over and over and over again, that in your mind, you, you think you're bound to, but you aren't. Mm -hmm. And so how does one go about breaking those unconscious commitments? I said, well, first of all, all my work, I take you through a process so Mm -hmm. that you can uncover from your subconscious, these things, but basically to, to how you do that is to see what it is, what are your habits, Mm. what, what are your habits and your beliefs leaning towards? Because whatever that is, that's your first commitment. So if it's staying small, being safe, being invisible, these are all underlying commitments. I will stay small, so I will be safe. I won't share my opinions, so I will be safe. Mm -hmm. I will never be alone, so I will be safe. It's all things made to keep us safe. Yes. And when you can figure out what it is, you are like, wow, can't believe. Like for mine, when I was five years old, I put myself on fire playing with a lighter. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know it for another 50 years that I had this belief that I wasn't safe alone. Mm -hmm. But it makes a lot of sense for a five-year-old who would put herself on fire. So my belief and my commitment to never be alone actually served me for most of my life. But when I got divorced after 26 years, I was a mess because deep down inside this little girl didn't feel safe alone. So on top of my heart being broken and my life falling apart and my, the vision I had for my family all falling apart, I had an even deeper issue because I wasn't, I didn't feel safe alone. Interesting. So important to be able to acknowledge our patterns, really those unconscious commitments, because without that awareness, we, we, we can't, you know, tackle an adversary or conquer an adversary. We don't know is there. (laughs) And so we think these things are a part of us and they're not their choices, their commitments, their ways in which, um, we've chosen to, to make ourselves dependent or make ourselves small. And so that awareness um, is just key in, in moving towards a place of empowerment and breaking those, those patterns that we've been living with for so long. 100%. And yeah. you, don't, you don't know what you don't know. But That's once right. you do know, you can do better. You can change it. You can give yourself a new empowering commitment. You know, I am totally safe alone. And then you, and and with these commitments and these beliefs and these new empowering, you have to take action steps. Mm. So, you know, if I am safe alone, then what's an action step I can do to prove to myself that I am safe alone. So at 61 years old, I flew to Africa and I climbed Kilimanjaro and that was me proving to myself what I was capable of that I could do this, I could do this without going, knowing anybody on my trip. You know, I could I could fly alone, I could manage it all, all of those big girl things that I didn't think I could do. Well, I proved to myself that I could do. Now, you don't have to climb Kilimanjaro to live a bigger, better, braver life. You just have to pick something that's outside your comfort zone that's going to make you believe I'm living a bigger, better, braver life. That's right. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think we'll end on that note, a high note and a positive <laughs> one, an empowering one. And that reminder that take the action, right, Nancy, take that step, whether it's as big as flying across the ocean and climbing Kilimanjaro or um, something that's, you know, relatively smaller. Losing but 10 pounds, changing your job, getting in a relationship, getting out of a relationship. Take, take the step. Setting take, boundaries, right. Right, set boundaries, break those unconscious commitments that have not served you well, take the step, take action, um, and live a braver life, better, braver life. Correct. Well, thank you, Nancy. This was fantastic conversation. Um, if some of our listeners want to contact you or, or reach out to you, where can they do that? So, um, nancypicardlifecoach.com is my website. And on my website, you can sign up for a free discovery call so you can see whether coaching would be something that would benefit you. But also you'll see all my different coaching modalities and there's a free chapter to my book and there's a couple of other freebies. There's Everything is there. You can see your podcast will be on there when after it goes live. And um, that's just like a great source. Excellent. You, you heard it here, folks. So check, check it out. Um, thank you, Nancy, for being here. This fantastic discussion, great conversation and some great learnings. Thank you, everyone out there for continuing to tune in and to listen in. Be sure to subscribe so you can check out future episodes. And until then, be empowered and be you.